Welcome to BFNC Living, sponsored by Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers. BFNC Living is a weekly podcast to help you navigate life issues and to help enhance our overall quality of life. We know life has many ups and downs, but a helping hand and a listening ear can help. Each week, we will share stories about a variety of topics, feature special guests, share information and valuable resources available in our community. Please follow BFNC Living at www.bfnc.org, Facebook and LinkedIn. Welcome to BFNC Living. I am your host, Chandra Redfern, CEO of the Buffalo Federation of Neighborhood Centers. And so today we're going to talk about adulthood. Specifically, we're going to talk about caregivers. So nearly a quarter of parents find themselves struggling as they tackle caring for both their own parents and their kids. And this is called the sandwich generation. And I found this very interesting in doing some research. The sandwich generation actually traditionally are um, sandwiched between aging parents who need care and or helping their own children. So they're individuals that are in their 50s or 60s. Um, sandwich between aging parents, adult children and grandchildren, or those in their 30s and 40s with young children, aging parents and grandparents or others that they are taking care of. And so there's also everyone else that falls outside of that realm that um, could be um, dealing with caregiver issues. I also found that um, in terms of the sandwich generation in the city of Buffalo, according to the 2020 census, there were 110,896 households that fit that criteria. And partic- particularly, um, excuse me, that fit the age range, but particularly for what we're going to talk about today, there are approximately 27, 28,000 households that are dealing with some caregiver issues. So today I have two guests in the studio with me. I have Daisy Ball, who's director of the BFNC Hope Center, who oversees the BFNC Life Center, which is our older adult services. And we have Cheryl Butino, who is the director of senior services for Seneca Babcock Community Association Incorporated at the Schiller Park Senior Center. And so welcome ladies. So I understand and I know because at BFNC, we are a partner that there is a phenomenal program known as Exhale. And so would one of the either of you talk to me about what Exhale is? Let our listeners know what Exhale is. I know we've spoken earlier before the program started, but I also know there's been some changes since um, it's really gotten going. But let the listeners know what is Exhale? Well, the Exhale Project is is a, a, a Western New York initiative uh, funded by uh, the the, the uh, Western New York um, Health Foundation uh, to provide caregiver uh, long term caregiver supports um, to address the issue that you talked about with the sandwich generation. Mm-hmm. Um, our partic- there there are five projects that are actually running in, in Erie County. Um, but our project specifically, um, uh, or our program, has been named A Gathering Place. And what A Gathering Place is, is a collaboration of organizations uh, with uh, Seneca Babcock Associate Community Association at Schiller Park Senior Center, Hearts and Hands um, uh, uh, 
organization, um, Erie County uh, Senior Services, and then uh, faith-based uh, ministries that are going to be providing respite opportunities and additional caregiver support programs uh, uh, to individuals that live on the east side of Buffalo or uh, surrounding um, uh, first-tier suburbs of Erie County. And so uh, what, we're, what we're trying to do is provide neighborhood options and access for caregivers to have places for their seniors uh, or, or, and loved ones to be able to come to for at least four hours a day. What's unique about our, our program is that um, these are not medical models. Typically when you're hearing about respite programs, you're hearing about medical um, or overnight respites. This is more of uh, you know senior activity based through senior center programming mm -hmm. to provide these options and then looking to not only have options during the weekdays but also opportunities for respite on the evenings and Saturdays, which is where ministry partnerships come in. And so uh, by the end of it, our hope is to have uh, four ministry locations across the city um, to help, again, with the region of our city in terms of who has access. But then on top of that, working with the anchor locations, which is BFNC at Westminster Community House and then uh, the, the Schiller Park Senior Center to be able to have access to this. Wow, that sounds like a great program. And I just want to talk a little bit. Um, but before we move forward, um, I, I think the listeners know Daisy. Daisy's been on several times. Cheryl, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, certainly. Um, I have been working with the cluster program at Erie County Senior Services for 36 years now, and we provide case management and information and referral services to mostly East Buffalo, and we dip into the suburbs. Um, we have a large variety of services that come out of our center also, such as activities, so we have a lot of experience um, working with the seniors, providing some activities and nutrition. Um, we also have a transportation program um, I have been working in East Buffalo for all this time, and I feel like um, I'm part of the community. Um, I love the community, and I want to make sure that people have their needs met. Wow, wow, 36 years. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a long time. Okay. <laughs> but, but we thank you, and we appreciate um, your commitment to, to serving uh, East Buffalo. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the some of the challenges that our caregivers see. I know that uh, I have had a period in my own life where I was caregiver. I was, I was part of the sandwich generation. Um, and I, I know personally the challenges that I face, but um, Cheryl, can you share with us just some of the things you've encountered um, that caregivers express to you some of the challenges and needs? Because it's really interesting sometimes when someone's aging or they are ill or something like that, um, we tend to automatically ask about the person that's sick or <laughs> aging. And we tend not to ask about the caregiver. And then I think particularly in the black community, there is an expectation that you care for your um, aging loved one at home. Um, sometimes it's it's financially related as to why, you know, you can't. But in general, there's a thought that, you know, you allow people to age in their home and, you know, that's mom, that's grandmom, that's auntie. You you take care of them. And um, 
yes, that that's true, and I believe in that. But I also know personally that it it can be very challenging and create lots of challenges. Um, what are some of those challenges that you've seen? I understand it all myself, too, because I was a caregiver for both of my parents while I was caring for my son and my family. Um, I like to call it the taffy generation (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because I felt like I was being pulled. Mm -hmm. And and that's what you feel. Um, The caregiver feels like they're pulled in several different directions. Yet they're trying their hardest to maintain stability and care for all the individuals that they're involved with. It can be very frustrating. It's overwhelming. Um, Sometimes they just don't know where to turn. And certainly they feel guilty if they're not in place Mm -hmm. when that loved one needs them. Um, The caregivers are trying to be everything that they can be, Mm -hmm. everything that the care receiver needs. And that care receiver, that elderly person that needs all the care, can be very demanding. They can also be very proud. Mm -hmm. And it's tough to parent your own parent. Um, We want to be able to support those caregivers and give them resources to help them to continue to be a caregiver without being stressed out being burned out and being ill and in a position where they can't continue. Yeah. So it's real important to provide resources. And that's a, a excellent point you made about, you know, without them being ill, because I know that uh, one, I know as having been a caregiver and I know several other caregivers, oftentimes you put your own health and well-being last. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so busy managing um, the appointments and issues going on with your loved one that you you may know, okay, I got to do this, but you're like, okay, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Or you're just like, I can't. You know, mm-hmm. I've had enough of doctors and things like that. And and that's so important because it really can take a toll on, on an individual. And um, I, I love, what I love about a gathering place is that it really is caregiver support and that the model immediately addresses one of the issues that I know as a caregiver I have because you always want your loved one to be taken care of. So the fact that the four-hour respite is available, I think is so key to the success of this program because it's one thing to say, we have caregiver supports, we have groups, but then it's like, what What do you do with the person that you're caring for, right? And and so you're, you you could be in a group, and even if it's a virtual group sometimes, and, you know, but you're thinking about, oh, did I hear a noise? Or, you know, oh, their dinner needs to be done, or things like that. And I think that's the good thing about this program is that you all, um, and I don't know if you intentionally designed it that way, to say, like, no, we're going to have this as an option um, that they could could use as well. So I, I think that's a, a great design um, for for the program. So um, you talked a lot about, you know, re- referrals, linking them to resources. What types, um, and Daisy, you can start, what types of resources 
um, do you connect caregivers to? What might be some things? Well, one is obviously the respite itself. That's Mm -hmm. the main resource that we want to provide. But then on top of that, uh, what organically comes out of that and what we were hoping to do was provide like dual activities or or supports uh, at the time that, you know, the caregiver is there. There may be times where the caregiver has to do a drop off. Right. But there are other times even when they have a free 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 time, they may not know what to do. Once they've had a a free moment, right? They're trying to figure out, well, what do I do with myself? And so what we've seen and and what what we hoped in the design and what is starting to naturally occur for, for some of the caregivers is that they, they start staying around for some of the activities that we're doing, right? Especially like if we have a yoga session going on or, um, you know, there's some other particular activity that they want to do around mental health uh, when we have uh, speakers and different folks coming in. And so what I would say is that, you know, the first thing we want to do is provide options. That's the first mm-hmm. resource. What are the different options of activities that you can engage in as a caregiver? And then also have a space where you can talk to others that may be experiencing what you're experiencing, and then we can try to figure out what other linkages we need to do. So there's a case management aspect to it. But then on top of that, there's also what we, you know, what Exhale was about. It's not just about the the respite itself, but what is it that the caregiver needs to prioritize their self-care? And that is the primary resource that we're trying to do. And we do that in a number of ways. One, by asking the question, because we've realized that sometimes they don't ask that question of themselves, what they need for their own self-care. And then the other part of it is, is that we ask them to take a journey with us, uh, to take a, a you know a, a step out on, on you know a, a, on faith with us to say, put yourself in our hands and let us design some things for you that you don't even have to think about. It's just mindless behavior. You can come and not have to worry about it. We take care of everything. And to give you an example, we we go on trips. We do different things that you know pamper the caregiver to give them that level of 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 support and freedom and just a moment of enjoyment to you know take their cares away for a little while. And what we find is that you know there's me meaningful and thoughtful discussions that happen that not only, you know, talk about what's happening with the care receiver, you know, that they're that they're taking care of, but then on top of that, what are some of the other needs that the caregiver may not have even thought about because they're just always in go mode, trying to make right. sure that everything is handled. And so this provides an opportunity for us to gather that information and then tailor what we do to those needs. And so it really is a relational process. I, you know, I think when in design, you know, we, we thought about it one way and said, okay, the respite is going to solve everything. And in reality, it doesn't, right? That's right. only a part of the puzzle. And so our goal is to figure out what those nuances are and, and, and provide, you know, support in that way. But it's about not only educating the caregiver, because a lot of times they don't even understand what a respite is. Right. Mm-hmm. But then the other part of it is educating them about what, you know, what qualifies them as a, as a caregiver in that category. Because a lot of times we don't see ourselves as a caregiver. We right. just see ourselves as taking care of family. Right. That's true. I never I would hear people talk about being a caregiver and I'm like, oh, and then I one day this clicked and I was Epiphany, like, wait, right? <laughs> I'm a caregiver. Right. Like I, I never even thought about it, but I just did it. Right. Right. I just did it. I had to take care of family. So right. and that's in, an excellent point. And in that mindset, a lot of times we don't take we don't even realize the resources that are available to us or even mm-hmm. take advantage of them because we don't identify. Right. In that way, so it's funny that you bring the bring the question up because I, I I just left a meeting around that question. How do we broadly educate 
and, and, and engage in outreach to make sure that the folks who need access get it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a good question. That's that's how do we make sure? Because I mean, this program has been up and running for how long now? So we launched April first of this okay. year, and so um, uh, we're still building and all of that. Mm-hmm. But it's a three-year project, so we okay. have until twenty twenty-five, um, the end of uh, uh, the end of August twenty twenty-five, um, to assist 50, 50 caregivers and fifty seniors, older okay. adults, uh, with this service, and so. Uh, we, we kept that number small because we wanted to make sure that we were being able to tailor specifically to those groups. So I know that you have, you know, you talked a little bit about the different locations. And so I know BFNC at Westminster mm-hmm. has a location. I know that uh, Schiller uh, Park has a location. Um, I know a little bit about what goes on at BFNC at Westminster, but Cheryl, what? So, talk to me about you know some of the activities that uh, caregivers and their loved ones can participate in at Schiller Park. Okay, the days that we've had our respite, we've welcomed our care receivers, the, the loved ones, into the building for the four hours. We usually start out with a get-to-know-you activity, asking questions, getting information from the individuals. They love to talk, um, so they love to share their stories, where they're from, things that they've done in their life. Um, And we find some common things to talk about. Uh, We'll do other activities, anything from an art project. Uh, When the weather is nice, they love to go and walk. We have a nice walking path in the park. Um, There's a lot of things to see there. We will do bingo. Um, We just come up with creative ideas. We're asking the uh, participants what they would like to do. We're starting a scrapbook program um, where they're bringing in pictures, and it helps them reminisce about their past, what they love to do, their activities, their life experiences. We offer a small refreshment in the morning and then we have a lunch, a full lunch in the afternoon so they're well fed Um, it's a lot of camaraderie also when the participants are together there's you know a lot of laughing and a a lot of stories and just um, a really good time that sounds good because it's it's more like it's socialization. It's mm-hmm. it's developing your social network, right? Right. Versus just like you're kind of going someplace and you're kind of sitting and doing nothing. But you yeah. can have a, a peer group essentially, right? Exactly. And they're with individuals who may have the same sort of issues that um, they need some socialization and they need some supervision. Uh, and then when we see the caregivers come in when they're with their individuals. Um, the caregivers themselves start talking to each other and give each other support. They realize that, you know, even though they may feel isolated at times, there's other individuals with the same life happening. Um, And I think it makes them feel better. By the time the caregivers are picking up their loved one, um, you can tell the difference. I I believe their shoulders are like two inches Mm. lower. Um, they're talking, they're smiling, um, they're talking to the other caregivers and the other participants, um, and it, it's so enjoyable for them. They really look forward to coming. I, I know our individuals look forward to coming to the center, and, and the caregivers really enjoy that 
that they, time they do they where do. they can get things done. Yeah. Um, you know, I have one caregiver that comes in and she just rattles off all the things that she's going to do in those four hours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes they come back early just to watch what's going on. And, yeah. and so they can talk to the other caregivers. Yeah, and then we see that also at our site. And then what we hoped would naturally occur was that outside of the respite time, because it's at a senior activities program or center, Mm -hmm. that they would naturally migrate into the other programming that's offered, right? Because that was the goal, Mm -hmm. to prove that... Uh, you know, as a demonstration project that these that senior activity center models work as a respite opportunity. Right. And so um, so it's nice when you see the, the you know, the, the senior coming back with their with their caregiver and they're coming to have lunch just on a lunch day, you know, lunchtime nice. or, you know, participate in something that wasn't necessarily associated to the respite itself. And, you know, that's that's what we're trying to mm-hmm. do. And also creating no wrong door to the access to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a caregiver that came to our program through ta- through the tax season uh, who learned about what we do. And she takes advantage of both sites. Oh, good. Because it's available. And, so, and I was going to ask you that. Mm-hmm. So if you enroll in one site, can you go between oh, yeah. Yeah. sites? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause, and that was and that was a hope to provide a variety of days at the different sites. So, you know, if we could cover as many days of the week for that caregiver to be able to get help that they could. Wow. So, so what days does your respite operate, Daisy? So ours is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, mm-hmm. and we will do some Saturdays. Um, and then Cheryl's operates at seven. We have two on, Mondays a two month. Two Mondays a month. Okay. And so um, as more uh, uh, partners are ramping up, uh, there will be more evening options and Saturday options. That's nice. So essentially, ideally, mm-hmm. there could be respite opportunities available oh, yes. throughout, the, all throughout the week. Yes. Exactly. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's really good because, mm-hmm. you know, things happen and people need a break when they need a break. Exactly. You know? And here's the thing. With this program, it's free. Participants right. are so not charged it's a fee. Free, it's free, people, mm-hmm. to my listeners. It's free. It's free. It's covered. <laughs> yes. the, you know, which you is know. great. And that, that that's a, another question I, I had for the for the both of you because it's important to know that it's free. Because I know, be, having been a caregiver, um, the challenges when you are taking care of someone yeah. else, and you know, we're not going to get into that whole how I feel about Medicare and all of that yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, but. There's a lot of out-of-pocket expenses. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you're talking about someone that's already, you know, taking care of themselves, maybe their own family, and now they're taking care of someone else. And a lot of times when we're talking about older adults, they're on fixed income. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have an income, it, it's, you know, situations vary. And so, you know, you you want to have things for your loved one, but then you have to keep paying out-of-pocket. So the fact that... This is a free service. You know, I remember we we had to we had to pay for aid service. Mm-hmm. We had to pay for nursing service, you know, because at some point the insurance just didn't pay for any more of the nursing service or they covered this and not that. But we knew it was needed. We we paid for transportation. We paid for a mm-hmm. lot of different things out of our pocket. So the fact that this is a free service. It's a free service and transportation can be included because uh, we, we were intentional about that. And then on top of that, one of the other reasons why this model works is that it, you know, partnerships with Hearts and Hands, being able to provide volunteers to help at the sites to assist with the care receivers is so important. And so, you know, if you have uh, want to spend a little time with us and just, you know, give back to community, this is an excellent way to be able to do that. I can't. I so can't if someone wanted that. to volunteer, who, who do they call? They, they can call me 716-852. 
5065 extension 132. Okay. So if you would like to volunteer um, at the Gathering Place program, then you can give Daisy a call. And that's important, you know, because people don't understand uh, when we do this work, we understand. And, and sometimes people are like, well, why don't, you know, they ask why, why isn't your senior center open uh, all these days and these hours, you know, anymore? Well, the reality is, is that it's, there's not funding, you know, that's the reality right. of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't want to do it. It's figuring out how we're going to be able to do it. And it's not just funding for activities and, and snacks and food, but it's funding for people mm-hmm. that are going to be there to operate the program. And so volunteers are always greatly appreciated, um, it, you know, at this at the senior center, because, you know, I, I think it's important as a community that we take care of our older adults. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have lived full lives, and if we are all blessed, we'll all live full lives too. Um, and and so, you know, our senior centers do play a role. They really, really do. And I remember I've been doing this work for a long time. You know, senior centers were open, and Daisy and I had this conversation earlier. Pretty regularly, people would just go hang out at the center. I hear it's changed a lot um, nowadays, and. and and, and that's okay, right? Because we want to provide choice and options so people can choose what they want to go to. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the senior center is there in the neighborhood is so important mm-hmm. because, um, and I, I do like that we have, you know, the different sites because sometimes people don't want to go outside of their neighborhood. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to they want to go close. They want to be where it's familiar to them, mm-hmm. you know. And so if they have to go across town, you know, that that's that's a little bit much and it's good that you offer transportation. So, um Cheryl, if someone was interested in coming to your gathering place program, what would they do? Well, they can certainly come and check us out first if they want to. Um, and then we're going to make the referral to Daisy okay. so that they can go through the intake process and get the assessment completed and get our schedule, know what to expect, and we'll be ready to start whenever they are. Okay. And so you're at Schiller Park Senior Center, and give us the address. It's 2057 Genesee Street, and we're in zip code 14211. But we're going to take individuals from just about anywhere. If they can get here, we're going to accept them. And what days can they come and check you out? We are open to um, seniors on regular days, our Tuesday through Friday. Mm -hmm. Our Excel respite days are on Mondays, and we're looking to expand that even more Offer more days. Good. We're there from nine until four. Nine until four. So yes. you can check Cheryl and, and and her team out over there at Chiller Park and just drop in and say, you know, I heard about you on the BFNC Living podcast and see what's going on. And then Daisy, BFNC Life Center. Yeah. What we're located at four, at the Westminster Community House at 419 Monroe Street, right um, on the, the heart of the east side uh, near downtown. Um, we uh, uh, offer programming uh, Tuesday through Thursday on, uh, from 10 a.m. until 2. Uh, we do have lunch every day and a variety of different things. And then we also have options for some evening programming as well. Um, again, you can reach us at 852-5065, extension 132. And we will definitely love to have you come out and visit. But on top of that, it's important to know that there are a number of, of, of 
uh, there were five projects, exhale okay. projects in our region, and all of them are doing really great um, uh, work. Um, and again, if you're in the South Towns, you yep. know, there's, Tell us a, about there's a program. Um, so Catholic Health um, uh, has a, a life program on Saturdays. Um, uh, there's also a program called Encourage, uh, another called Pathways, and um, another called HaHa. And all of these um, you can access through Erie County Senior Services, uh, through New York Connects, uh, to be able to be referred in. And my understanding as of this morning is that 211 will also be taking calls for for the, for oh, the sites. Okay. So you can just dial 211, just like you would call 311 or 911, but don't call 911. Don't call 911. <laughs> don't call 911. No. Uh, but you can call 211, and then they will connect you with one of the sites as well. So there's really no wrong door to access us. We want to make sure you have that. Um, I know we're, they're going to tell me in a minute, we're, we're winding down on time. But one of the things that really stood out to me about this pilot project was the collaboration. And I think that that's very important considering the times that we're in. And we just spoke a little bit about the challenges of operating senior programs. And, and you know, we've seen changes over the years. Um but I, I want to know, uh, Cheryl, from your perspective and then Daisy, from your perspective, why is the collaboration so important? Everyone brings something different to the table. And everyone's been really easy to work with. Hearts and hands with their expertise in working with volunteers has been such a great help. We love our volunteers. Yeah, we do. Um, we, we are really enjoying. They come from different walks of life, have different um, experiences. Then working with senior services, they are, you know, expertise in growing older, and they offer so many different programs and services. There's different funding that we get through the county, and working with Daisy has just been really a lot of fun. Um, I, I really enjoy her program. I've been there to see the building, Good. and it's so beautiful. Um, so I think we all bring so much information and so much knowledge um, that we're there to be able to give it to the caregivers. Uh, and And we can, you know, get all the information out to them. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I think the other part of it was is that, you know, the collab the collaborating partners, it happened naturally, right? With mm -hmm. sort of we were all a part of this big focus group you know, around this question of how to help caregivers. And, you know, the county said, well, who really wants to, you know, dig in on this? And 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 the partners that are that are part of, of our project you know, answered that call. And so Aaron over at Hearts and Hands is amazing, uh, you know, brought a lot of knowledge about the volunteer pieces and, and just also in terms of, you know, the data analysis and things that they bring to that. Awesome. Um, you know, okay. Cheryl has... Oh, Cheryl has been an amazing partner just in teaching us about, you know, all the different things are available at the senior centers and her, again, 36 years of experience. You know, I'm tapping into that. Absolutely. And Erie County Senior Services. I mean, they're the local Department of Aging. Great. Well, sounds like you guys have a good plan in place to address this much, much needed, needed uh, issue. Um, and so it looks like we're out of time. I would like to thank our guests. Daisy Ball and Cheryl Butino for joining us today. To learn more about BFNC or to listen to this and other podcast episodes, visit us at www.bfnc.org. Podcast episodes are also posted on Facebook, Instagram, the WUFO website, and all other major podcast platforms.